I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Allison. And this is Kara. Today, we are joined by guest Hannah Roloffs for all things moving from the Midwest to the West Coast out in LA and her whole journey. But first, we are going to catch up, do our peaks of the week. Yes. What have you been up to this past week? Uh, the past week has been pretty normal for me. I've just been clipping along, going to my yoga classes, which honestly is like the best part of my day every day. It just feels so good to not have my phone during those classes and just be like, no matter what is happening in the world, like I I can't be interrupted. It's just here and now is all I have. And my stepbrother was in town last week. So he came to two classes with me. And tonight it's one of the studio locations, one year birthday. So he's going to come with me to two more classes tonight for a little back-to-back class action. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. I love when I can pair it with like a hard class, like the sculpt or like a power two, and then do the restore or after, which is much more like stretching and meditation. Yeah. Like do the intense and then recover after. Absolutely love that. 
I think that was something that I learned really early on doing yoga is like there's different types of yoga. It's not all just stretching and laying down and taking kind of like a nap while they talk. There's hard yoga. There's restorative, like you were just saying. So yeah, I'm still trying to learn the technical names for it. Like I think yin is what the restore practice is. And then you have like asana and all the other types. I'm going to butcher it. So I don't even want to say, but (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, you're right. Lots of different kinds going on. And this weekend, a fun little thing Clay and I did, we went on a triple date with two of the other couples from his gym and we took them to get Indian food. And it was one of the couple's first time ever having Indian food. And truly one of my favorite hobbies is having someone try Indian food for the first time because it's like my favorite thing. And I feel like a lot of people are kind of timid and unsure what to order. I'm like, come with me. I will show you the light. Mm-hmm. Oh, my oh God, Indian food's so, so good. What's yeah. your favorite dish? I was just going to ask you the same thing. I feel like I need all the things like I need the non bread with like a tomatoey soup or like a chana masala and paired that with samosas. Have you ever had samosas? Ooh, yes. Yeah, they're so good. They're like stuffed. They look like <laughs> hot pockets, but like an actual hot pocket of like an actual culture, not friggin like processed freezer food. But yes. yeah, that's kind of like if you were doing a spark notes for dummies explanation, that's kind of what it is. But it's stuffed with like what's in it. I don't even know it's what's like in potato, it. Potato, vegetables. It's like kind of really good seasoning. Yeah. I feel like it's very seasoning full, flavorful. That's the word I was looking for. Wait, I have a really funny story about Indian food. Not to throw McKenna under the bus, but we were just at, we were on a layover in Atlanta like a week ago after the Dominican Republic and the lounge we got to go into because of our credit cards. Woo. But they had chicken tiki masala. Am I saying that right? Chicken tiki masala? Tikka masala? I think it's tikka I think it's masala. tikka. Yeah, I always say chicken tiki and I know that's wrong every single time. <laughs> I was going to you know, let you have it. <laughs> trying to go for the island vibe. Just kidding. But chicken tikka masala. And McKenna grabbed some. We're both eating it. And I was like, oh, this is so good. And she's like, whoa, what is this? This tastes like enchiladas. Like, I really like this. And I'm like, what? You don't know what chicken tikka masala is? I was like, McKenna, this is Indian food. And she's like, oh, what? No way. So that was just a funny moment that McKenna got to try for the first time. She loved it. Indian food's so good. Very oh, underrated. It's by far my favorite cuisine type. Mm-hmm. I could eat it seven days a week. But what about you? What's up in Kara's world? I think a few things that I was really excited about the past week. One, I got a library card. So that was cool. And beating myself up a little bit. So I'm like, why have I been buying every single book that I read for the past like two years. That makes no sense. I know buying books is fun. Love supporting a good bookstore. You know, try to always go to local bookstores too. But I think there's there's happy medium in between buying books and renting books. I think I can find a good halfway point for that. So got a library card, found a book that really was just like cute on the outside, definitely caught my eye. And the book that I found that I posted on my Instagram story, Humankind by Rutger Bregman. So good. It's very much a lighthearted, optimistic book that's science fact studies based on how humankind is kind. And a lot of old theories were that humans were really innately selfish and that we're all, you know, prone 
prone to fighting wars and all this stuff. But this guy is making the argument that our species has survived so long because we're cooperative and we work together. So it's kind of an interesting book, Aww, especially in so today's day and age. Yes, it's very heartwarming. I highly recommend because I just feel like, like I kind of mentioned on my story, but like the narrative these days is that everyone's a terrible person. No one cares about other people. Everyone's in this world for themselves. But and this the world is just is, full of conflict and everyone's yeah. at each other's throats. Yeah. Yeah. And this book really shows that at the end of the day, if like we we're all on, if 90% of the world was like on a plane or if most people were on a plane, it was going down, like people would help the women or the babies. Like most people do actually care about other people in that way. So it's really good. Highly recommend. It's also good to have a library card because it pushes you to finish the book by the due date. I know you can extend the due date, but it's like really making me set aside time almost every single day or every other day to read. Cause I'm like, this book is due in seven days. Like I have to get this done. So that is such an awesome idea. I'm inspired because there are some mm-hmm. books that you want to refer back to, maybe like a good poem book or some yes. of our good self-help ones that you reread. But there's mm-hmm. a ton of books that you probably are only going to read once. And that yeah, would be and it's great. fun to buy books and then like gift them because I know that's something you have mentioned that you do a lot. Uh, but like, I don't know exactly if there's just like a fiction book or maybe a book club that you're in and yeah. it's just like a nice, fun, lighthearted read and then you don't really need to reference it again. I agree. It's like buy the books that you need to reference again. I am happy that I bought all the self-help books that I've read because I do try to look back at them every so often. But yeah, library cards are free. There's so many free resources that your library has. So go get one. Amazing. Anything else? I think the other thing I wrote down that I got done um, was a very productive weekend. I went and bought like a makeup organizer cube thing from the container store. It's just like a crystal plastic, I don't know, stacked yeah, organizer. Acrylic thing. acrylic thing. Yes, that's the word. And it's life-changing. All my stuff is organized. I had all my makeup just disheveled on top of my dresser and every single day I would just get ready. And I'm like, this is stressing me out. Now I have this nice little acrylic box that has like all my foundation, all my things that I need right there. When I take it out, it goes back in its place. It's keeping my dresser very clean and organized. So I'm happy. I'm so proud. I love that for you. Yeah. Yeah. I have one of the in my bathroom cabinet, like a spinny one. Okay. And so each side, I'm like, okay, this is the oral hygiene side. Yeah. This is the skin side. This is the hair side. But it's so fun. It's just nice to have a place for things. Mm -hmm. So that's about it for me. Yeah, I saw your story about cleaning your beauty blender for the first time (laughs) in a while. It was stinky. They get get icky. I need to clean my brushes too. Oh, I don't even want to think about how long it's been (laughs) since I cleaned the brushes. That is a can of worms I have not opened yet. That's a whole process. Like, I don't know how you clean them, but I think I do like Dawn dish soap and some like olive oil. I mix it together and like scrub them in my hands. Then you have to like lay them on paper towels. They have to dry. I'm like, then I can't use it for a day. Yeah, I was going to say, it has, it's a strategic thing because then they're wet. <laughs> yeah. I just have this from Sephora, like a makeup brush spray. Okay. And maybe it's better for like in between. Like you can just do a few spritzes and then brush it off on the paper towel. And then you can do your method, you know, every couple, I'm going to say months, but I'm sure some people are gasping. Yeah. Let us know how often you should clean your makeup brushes. I don't even want to say. Blast. Me either. <laughs> Like maybe I can't year. even think. Oh, <laughs> I th- I was thinking like before 2020, like maybe 2019. Okay, good. Okay, good. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's two of a us. minute. <laughs> oh my God. All right. I think we can hop into our peaks of the week. Allison, do you want to share yours first? 
Yes, I have a very cute peak of the week. I'm not going to say names because I am blushing and I don't want to embarrass them, but I have two good friends and I got to play matchmaker with them. And this was a very long journey. I've known them both for like a year and then a year plus. And I had some inklings that they would be perfect for each other, but you know, setting your friends up can be awkward. It has to be done very strategically because then if it doesn't Mm -hmm. go well, like I still wanted everyone to be like cool and not have them feel uncomfortable with each other. And so months passed and I would plant little seeds and plant little seeds. And then finally in December, I had them meet and it went super smooth, but it wasn't awkward. We just kind of left it general. And then they ended up hanging out after that, like every day for the month of January. And they are literally the cutest couple ever. And they are like in love. And they even had a couple's photo shoot this week. In, oh my gosh. In the guy's apartment. And they're like, you would never know that they've only been like seeing each other for like five weeks. Like you'd be like, oh, they've been married for five years. And it just makes me mm-hmm. so happy because even if they aren't together forever, everyone just deserves to feel like so loved and have that blissful, romantic fun. So I'm just so happy for them because I feel Aww. like Clay and I have that so much and seeing other people have it. I'm like, yay. I'm just so happy. I love love now. Love isn't dead. <laughs> it's out there. Yeah. What Aww, about you? That's super cute. I love that. Not love related <laughs> at all, but <laughs> I think my week of the week was my friend's Chris and Logan. So Chris Shepard, C Shep on Instagram and Logan and I, and then Logan's girlfriend and then uh, Logan's girlfriend's two friends. We all got dinner on Saturday and it was so fun. I hadn't seen Chris in maybe like four months. And backstory, if you guys don't know, Chris, Logan, and I all used to work at the same company together in New York. So we've been friends for a while and he lives on the East Coast. So me and Logan live in St. Louis. So it's good to get the crew back together, the BD crew. We also had them on the podcast. We did. I actually just had to look. I Before I was going to say my peak, I'm like, what episode was that? And it was episode seven. So if you want to learn more about Logan and Chris, <laughs> they're goofy. Uh, go listen to episode number seven. I was like, is it 12? Is it 14? No, it's one of the really first ones. That's a funny one. It is. It was really cool of them to come on before the podcast had literally any following. True, <laughs> <Yeah>. true friends. <laughs> Logan's like, is this worth my time? (laughs) No, but I I, seriously, we all have so much fun. We're all together. So it was good. That was my peak of the week. That's awesome. I love that we both went on like big group dates. So cute. Okay. That's actually so funny you say that because it was Logan and his girlfriend, Maddie, and then Maddie's friend and her boyfriend. So then the waiter thinks that me and Chris are like (laughs) the third couple and she like brought her check and she's like, your guys' check. And everyone's like laughing. And she's like, oh, I thought you guys were a couple. And we're like, okay, clearly that's what you thought. <laughs> but then it's just funny because I set up Chris with his girlfriend now. So I'm like, this is just funny. Okay. Yeah. Also look at us. Just matchmaking. Matchmaking. I mean, mine, I should say loosely set up. I introduced them and they, and I had no intention of making them a couple. We all just hung out as a friend group. And then they slowly, something started to bud and grow. (laughs) (laughs) I did not like see as intentionally as you maybe saw. So. Well, that's okay. That's great. (laughs) All right. So your guys' peaks, lots of good ones. As always, I'll read this one from Hillary. She said she arrives safely to her retreat in Costa Rica. She is remaining calm and open in paradise. I would love to teleport. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
wait, can I just be there too <laughs> next to you, Hillary? That sounds heavenly. Um, Mary said, leaving for a little trip to Prague, Munich, and Budapest this week. Oh my God. Okay, goals. Everyone's living their best travel lives. We love to see it. Okay, and this one from Liv D. She is going to get tattoos, in parentheses, not matching, LOL, with her boyfriend this weekend before their Valentine's date. That is so cute. What a good date idea. That's so cute. I say go for the matching. Let's like <laughs> do ones where you put your arms together and it makes a full picture. I want to see it. Oh my gosh. I... <laughs> Like just so you guys know, Kara and I are lame. We have no tattoos. Maybe mm-hmm. someday, but not not anytime soon. <laughs> That's so funny. You don't have a tattoo because I totally could see you rocking some really cool tattoos. Maybe when I'm older. Yeah, I'm so scared. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm one scared of the needle. Obviously, two scared. I'm not going to like it after a certain amount of time. So I love them on play, and I think it's just more fun for me to concept them and then help him with his tattoos, and then he can have them on his body, and I can just stay. <laughs> <laughs> the role of the artist and the designer yep. in every aspect <laughs> of your life, even with the tattoos. And Katie said, getting my already friend's tote in the mail was my peak. Yay. So glad you have the tote. You're rocking the double smileys. Love to see it. And if you guys want to send in your peak of the week, go to our Instagram at we're already friends. We'll throw it up on the story and then you can type your peak of the week into the question box. Okay. So for today, our guest, as we mentioned, is Hannah Roloffs. Hannah is a Nebraska native like ourselves turned LA resident. So she moved to Los Angeles right out of high school to pursue a career in fashion. So today we're going to talk about her backstory, how she decided to move to the West Coast, how she pivoted from working in fashion to working in the YouTube space, working on a big show with the Funk Bros, a YouTube channel of over 6 million subscribers. And she's pivoting to work in influencer marketing now, but also does her own social media and has a following on TikTok, Instagram, posts on YouTube as well. So it was a very LA conversation, which I loved. I don't think we've had kind of like a fun LA YouTube behind the scenes conversation per se. So we got to talk about filming content, how to get a job working for a YouTuber, how she started dating one of the YouTubers that she was working for. Juicy story. But yeah, it was a really fun and interesting conversation. And without further ado, here's Hannah Roloffs. having me thank Thanks you so much for coming here. on this is so fun I just have to say this is my first official podcast I've ever been on and it was like a dream come true because I literally was like I want to start getting into the podcast space and then you reached out and I was like this is amazing <laughs> you manifested it you thought about it and here we are literally well, <laughs> yes. well I think we should start with your background why don't you tell us who you are what you do where you're from just give us your whole backstory. Okay, I'll give you guys the spiel. Honestly, so much has happened. So I'm only 23 years old, but I feel like a 50 year old because I've lived so much life. (laughs) But okay, so I'm originally from Lincoln, Nebraska. I grew up there, was raised there. But my dad is actually from California. So I always had like these dreams of living here. And I was the annoying kid that was like, I'm going to move to California. Like, I don't care what you guys want to do or if you guys want to go to like our local Nebraska college, I'm leaving. 
And everyone kind of knew that, but it's super cool because I started getting into fashion in high school and I started modeling. I walked in like Omaha Fashion Week. I worked at Kansas City Fashion Week and my grandma actually owned a clothing boutique. And so I worked in her boutique with her in California in the, in the summers. And I just started to fall in love with fashion. And I just thought it was really cool because everyone wears clothes and I'm a huge people person. And so it's like every single person and even if you want to or not, we have clothes in common. Like, I don't care if you like it or if you don't, we all have to wear it. And so that's what I was so obsessed with. And so I kind of felt like I was maximizing all my potential in the Midwest of fashion. I like used all my resources. I was getting bored of like Omaha Fashion Week. And, you know, I, I knew that there was something more. And I got connected with FITM, which is the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in downtown LA. And I actually opened fashion club in high school to get a scholarship to go to that college. <laughs> but it got me super duper connected in the college as a high schooler, which was super cool. So I got accepted to go to college. Like my to fit um, my junior year of high school. And then I kind of just had my sight set on that. Like even my junior year of high school, I was like, okay, I'm set. I'm moving to LA. And fast forward, I moved to Los Angeles. I studied fashion. I did everything under the sun in fashion in college. I worked kind of, you know, the bottom of the tier jobs that you have to do to get kind of work your way up. I was a stylist assistant. I did PR. I worked in showrooms. I was a visual merchandising assistant for Lucky Brand, their headquarters in downtown LA. I worked at in the Nordstrom headquarters in LA. So I got to see a lot. And I actually found my passion in social media and PR after doing all this exploring. And it's been like kind of crazy. I never even planned where I am now to be here. It just I just said yes to everything. And now I actually, well, it's been a journey, but I have been the creative director for a YouTube channel called The Funk Bros. They have like 6 million subscribers. Right currently, I started with them uh, maybe two years ago and they had 5 million. So we like grew a million together. And it's been crazy. That has like that opportunity has allowed me to collab with like every YouTuber and influencer in the game from like David Dobrik to be around. I can't even think like all of these other people, all the TikTokers, Bryce Hall, all of those people. Like, <laughs> And kind of with that, I within the last year, I launched my own clothing boutique because I loved social media, but I felt like I didn't have enough fashion. I was like just so focused on content creating. I was kind of missing that connection. So I launched my own clothing boutique last year. So it's been a total whirlwind. And now I do... I work in social media full time. Doing that has grown my own social media. So now I actually do my own social media and I run my own boutique. So I have my hands full, but I love it. <laughs> wow. Well, that was a lot, like you said. And I know. <laughs> even to tie it back in, I even want to say how you and I got connected was because TikTok and we both realized that we're both from Nebraska. And yeah. I just think that's so funny. And Allison, obviously, both. We're all from Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, was there anything that you missed about home being out in LA or anything that... I don't know, you weren't expecting about moving to the West Coast? Honestly, I would just say the biggest thing was the difference in the types of people. It sounds kind of extreme, but growing up, I was in a total 
what's the word like cultivating like um I was surrounded by people who were super deep and really cared about you and cared more about who you were than what you were doing if that makes sense so I feel like especially in the community I was in in Nebraska everyone was so deep and then I moved to LA and it was a total culture shock it was like nobody even cares about who you are or what you want or like what you love doing it's like they only want to know how, how they can kind of use you and you know what you can do for them and so I was like a total people person like I trusted everyone I wanted to help everyone I was like I love you guys like meeting all these new people and in the last year I really had a culture shock like okay these people don't actually care about me or about who I am it's like they only care about what I can give to them and so that's why I really love kind of going back to Nebraska because it's just genuine people Dang, it's always so crazy to hear things like that because, you know, that's kind of a stereotype like Nebraska nice. And then we all probably think that of LA, but to actually hear that firsthand is like still kind of shocking to me. Yeah. The thing that's really funny though is like my friends in Nebraska don't care what I'm doing. And like, it's kind of a weird dynamic though, because it everything I'm doing has consumed my life. So like when I go home and they don't like really understand what I'm doing, now it's kind of a weird dynamic because they're like, they can't wrap their heads around it, I guess. And so I really appreciate them, but also like they'll never fully get what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like that's something we say, even me and Allison is, even with our podcast, we find that like our biggest supporters aren't even like our friends or family. I don't think that comes off. Like, I don't think they mean it. It's just like they already know so much about us like why would they go listen to every episode yeah (laughs) and it's hard for some people to understand that like social media is the job like that is what's paying the bills and it it is like a 24 7 thing it's just it's hard for people to understand that don't work in that realm Oh, exactly. Yeah. It was like the amount of people, even like my closest family, like my grandparents, they said that they would pay for my college in full if I went to a normal university, (laughs) but like wouldn't pay for anything if I chose to kind of follow my passion. And I was like, I love you guys so much. And I appreciate the support that you want to give me, but I have to do what I'm called to. So then I'm putting myself through college and struggling, but it's fine. Yeah, well, with that, when you originally went to fashion school and, you know, had those original passions, passions for fashion, (laughs) what niche or like what industry in the fashion world were you most interested in? You know, what's so funny is actually going into it. All I knew was I loved creating stuff. I loved taking pictures. I loved getting dressed up. I loved like making stuff with my hands. And so when I was speaking with a counselor at my college, they were like, we actually recommend you into this specific major because what you like doing and working with your hands is exactly what this major is. So it was um, visual communications. So I actually learned everything from set design in TV to fashion design, like that type of stuff. And then the communication comes in where it was PR and social media. And so going into it, I honestly thought I was going to be, I don't even know, maybe running social media for fashion brands. And I loved photo shoots and that type of environment. And I still do. But it was interesting as I started exploring what I thought I liked, I actually didn't like it as much. Like I was working in at Nordstrom at their headquarters for all their online on all their online photo shoots, they have models come in. It's literally nine to five every second they're taking a picture. So it's all digital. And I hated it. It was like 
so brutal. Like all you do is take one picture in an outfit, switch to the next one, then you have to steam it and then you're hanging bags. And I was like, this is not as glamorous and as fun as people make it look. Like it is so brutal. (laughs) And so that's kind of when I was like, okay, I think I want to move on to the next thing. And then I found it super fun doing social media because there's all these events people are planning and you get to collaborate with a ton of different people. And it's always new people, which is what I love. Yeah, I think you should totally go into your social media story, how you started putting more into it, maybe what some of your first big projects or collaborations were. Yeah, well, it all started actually back in 2019. I was super into YouTube just watching. I was a total YouTube consumer. And I don't know if you guys have heard of the YouTubers Yes Theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am obsessed with them. Shout out to Yes Theory. But they are so cool. Their mission is just bringing people together and getting them out of their comfort zone. And they're actually based in LA. And they were hosting like this. Well, they were wanting to plan a LA meetup for kind of fans. And They actually left it up to their fans to plan it. And so me and a couple of my friends planned this Yes Theory meetup where over like 60 people came. And it was like this huge thing. And it was the first time I really met other creators in LA and even people who are like interested in the same type of thing as me, I guess. And that's honestly where it all started. Like we started planning all these crazy adventures and we'd film it. And that's like the first ever YouTube videos I created. They're so cringy and funny looking back at now. But that was like three or or that was in 2019, like four years ago or something. I don't even know. But anyway, so we planned this huge, crazy event. And then one of my friends who I met through Yes Theory actually started filming for the Funk Bros. And up until then, for me, content creation was just fun. It was like my girlfriends and I didn't know what to do. We would just go plan a photo shoot. And then when I met the Funk Bros, they had just this huge YouTube social media operation. And they offered me the position to to be their creative director. And I actually didn't have any experience running a social media as at the size that they did. But I just got thrown into it. And then naturally, I started filming personally, kind of what they were filming. And I'd be over there all the time on the weekends and just filming with them. I was just thrown into kind of their friend group and community of people. And everyone was big on social media on TikTok. And so when I started posting on the weekends with these people or like the type of crazy stuff they were doing, it just totally caught attraction. I remember like when I got my first million view on TikTok, maybe two years ago. And it was this, I don't even know if you guys would know what it is. Have you guys ever heard of Ooblack? Oh, gosh. Wait, spell (laughs) what you're saying? What'd you say? Uh, Spell it. Oh, it's O-O-B-L-E-C-K. It's so dumb. It's this (laughs) like children's science experiment type material but it's cornstarch and water mixed together and the funk bros were filming this like crazy huge video of them like making this huge pool of this like weird movable substance and i just filmed like a behind the scenes video of it and posted it and i was like you guys i'm famous but (laughs) kind of after that i like kind of fell in love with tiktok and i actually like switched all my focus from everything else i was doing like off instagram straight on the TikTok. Well, it's interesting hearing your background, your major and that counselor that kind of guided you into having a major where it's not just fashion, but it's like a little bit of social media and how that totally transitioned perfectly into what you're doing. And 
Another thing, you totally don't think about how much work these giant YouTube channels require because a channel with 6 million followers, that is the same as working on a big TV show, like a legit set. And there has to be so many moving parts. So that's cool that you kind of get to work behind the scenes with this like big show almost. Yeah, no, it's actually crazy. Like we, when I first started with them, we had a team of four people working full-time nine to five. And then at one point, things completely took off during the pandemic because everyone was at home and watching and consuming content. But during the pandemic, we almost had a team of 12 people full time running multiple channels. And it was just absolutely bizarre. I was like, okay. And I was seeing the amount of money that people were making. It is crazy. I'm like, on Snapchat, on TikTok, on brand deals, like people are getting brand deals for my yearly salary (laughs) from one post. And I was like, this has got to be a joke. I'm doing the wrong thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's crazy. Okay, so transitioning from that, you started seeing the huge growth of social media possibilities. And then you kind of started doing a little bit of your own thing. Do you want to maybe go into how you kind of found your own way of what you wanted to post on your own channels? Yeah. So I feel like I have to throw this side story in here because it honestly plays a huge role in the growth of my of my personal socials. But This might be a funny story. I don't know. The Funk Bros have like a network of people and they were living in a content house, if that makes sense. So they had like eight other creators that were all living in the same house together. So when the pandemic hit, everyone was just on lockdown in the house and they invited me to come stay in the house with them because I was like in a tiny apartment and they were like, just come stay at our house. So we were all together. So with that being said, I had a ton of extra time to hang out with Corey, who's one of the funk bros. And we ended up like completely hitting it off. And like he like started making moves on me. And long story short, we started dating. But I was super nervous because I had never had any experience with big numbers on social media. And it is so crazy. Like when fans start catching on, you guys know that relationships are so big on social media. Like everyone Mm -hmm. wants to know. That's why all the celebrity gossip is about dating and who this person's talking to and da da da. I'm like, why do people care so much? But I was like in the heat of that actually like I I saw myself kind of experiencing like a tiny little smidge of that and so during that time they actually had a group channel that we filmed like all behind the scenes content of everything and so Corey and I we were totally not online like on our social channels yet but like our filmer who was filming behind the scenes would catch like moments of us when we thought we were off camera and would post it on like our behind the scenes channel so like all these fans started to comment like our Hannah and Corey together like what why are they standing so close like <laughs> oh and so then it just became super overwhelming because Corey and I actually were trying to like experience our relationship off camera but then like my dms were getting totally flooded from all these people so actually i didn't even necessarily ask to grow on social media it kind of just happened from that that was like the kickstarter like all these people were like who's this girl and like you know what i mean like what is she doing so a lot of Corey's audience actually flooded to my channels specifically instagram and then (laughs) LOL. And then that's kind of when Corey and I started making really fun travel content together. And I forget what your original question was. (laughs) I got so off topic. No, I think hearing that backstory was actually more interesting, even though what I asked was just how 
chose your own niche per se of social media, what you wanted to share. Yeah. But yeah, basically, so that was super cool, I guess. I didn't necessarily ask to be in the limelight and have my channels grow and they just did. And then um, Corey and I just started making content together and everyone loved it. And I've always been into traveling. And so I love making travel content, like adventure style content. And so I've had a lot of those do really good. So as far as TikTok, I'm really niched into kind of like the adventure travel style, but my Instagram is literally whatever. (laughs) That's amazing. Before we go more into your social media channels, I just want to back up a little bit. If someone was interested in working behind the scenes on a YouTube channel or connecting with these crazy cool influencers channels, like what is your best recommendation to getting your foot in the door with that? A hundred percent. My biggest advice is always just say yes and do as much as you can. Like reach out to people, try to find out where people are, where they hang out or like it might be weird, but like what restaurants they go to and like just really try to get your foot in the door because especially in our community, as far as like the people I work with, we almost hire all word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to work with their friends. And so we hire a lot of friends. And that's how I was hired. I was hired because I met somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. And so that's just my biggest recommendation. Like a ton of my friends are actually working for James Charles and Alicia Marie and all of these big YouTubers. And it was actually because we met them through FITM and then we started to get to know them. And then it was kind of just all by word of mouth recommendations. But kind of to swing back, yeah, my biggest piece of advice would be ask and reach out to people and try to connect as much as you can. Like if you're going to be sending in a resume, DM them or email them or go the extra mile to really connect with people because otherwise you'll just get lost in like the flood. (laughs) What's really funny that you mentioned go to the restaurants they hang out at because that's not even a joke. My friend knew someone who wanted to work at ABC in New York and she found out that all the executives went to this like specific restaurant. So she literally got a job there waitressing to like meet the executives or like at least serve them frequently. I honestly don't know whatever happened with that. If that worked, if it didn't work, I have a feeling that it worked. Otherwise, she wouldn't have told me that story. But it's true. You never know. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know. And especially in LA, everyone goes to the same spots. So once you figure it out, like you'll be in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, you were talking about how your behind the scenes people were kind of filming you and Corey before you guys had even defined what you guys were. Could you talk a little bit about maybe the pressure you felt from that or how you guys handled building your own relationship while people were watching and you thinking maybe people weren't watching? Like, what was that like for you? Oh my gosh, yeah. It was honestly so hard to navigate in the beginning. It was really hard because we hadn't set boundaries with when the camera was going to be on and off. And there's a lot of different channels that people were filming from. And I remember this specific moment where I never told my parents, like I was never an open person about relationships. Like I barely told anyone who I was ever talking to just because I didn't want to tell people unless I like I knew it was going to be official, right? But with this specific circumstance, like I literally had to get the guts to call my parents and be like, before you guys see a thumbnail and title <laughs> about this, there's a chance that <laughs> there might be a title about Corey and I because we are seeing each other. And then my parents were like, what? Like, like totally blown off. And then I would always get calls. Like people were like, is this title true? Like is da 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 da. And I was like, I hate having people know. But Corey was so comfortable with it. Like he was like, it's going to be fine. Da, da, da. And I was like, this is so uncomfortable for me. 
<laughs> and one time Corey's parents called me and they asked, like, it was so out of the blue, but they were like, what do you think of Corey? And I was like, this is really weird for you guys to call me and ask that. And then comes to find out Corey was filming them, them like behind the camera, like my, my phone. And I was like, I have to be so careful with what I say because I need to make sure the door is closed if I'm going to say anything serious because like everywhere we would turn, the camera was rolling. It was overwhelming like when people started DMing me about it because it made me feel like I almost couldn't go back because it was like when people were DMing me like, you're with Corey, you're with Corey. I was like, this is so overwhelming. I don't know how people deal with it. And I just had to turn it off. I had to like really dig into myself have quiet time journal like what do I really want and like honestly had to log off like that's the only way really to deal with it well speaking of that I know you mentioned maybe talking about social media toxicity or I don't know what's real what's fake do you want to elaborate on anything that you find toxic with social media <laughs> that is <laughs> that such laugh. a deep <laughs> You're like ha 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 let me get started oh. I got a long list oh no <laughs> I mean, social media is just so hard. What I was finding was as I was growing on social media, a lot of people that were close to me that I used to have really good conversations with stopped asking me stuff because they felt like they already knew. Mm -hmm. And I, it made me like triple think everything I was posting about because I was like, do I really want people to know everything that's going on in my life? And then I feel like it really weeds out who genuinely cares because they'll the people who genuinely care about you regardless of what you're posting are going to check in on you and so at least personally like I'd really been struggling with not wanting to post like I didn't know what I should post I felt so judged by this kind of swings back to my hometown Nebraska friends but I felt really judged by people in Nebraska to be posting like anything with a crop top or like different things because it was like my LA audience really loved that style of content. But then my hometown friends like felt like I really changed by posting in a crop top. And like, it was just so weird. I, I felt like I started posting to please people. But then I was second guessing everything. And I was like, totally just eating me up. And then I just like completely stopped posting because I was like, I don't even want to deal with this. And I know that I'm not the only person like a ton of people I know. It's so hard because when you start getting into brand deals and that type of stuff, like if you have a brand deal, you have to post at the end of the month, like you can't just stop posting because then you're just going to randomly post like three brand deals that you already had set in a row. And then you're going to look like so conceited about these brand deals. And so it's just like a total, it's trying to navigate like feelings with old friends and then me seeing this as an actual business. And I have to just push through the emotional aspect of it. But it's, it's just really hard to juggle, I would say. I want to touch on what you said there with the brand deals. It is so hard because if you want to break, you still have to post your normal, whatever you're into in your day stuff. Because like you said, if you just go brand deal, brand deal, brand deal, people are like, okay, annoying. It's just a bunch of ads. So you like forcibly have to make the content that's not an ad in between the ads. So it, it doesn't come off wrong. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, it's so crazy. And like, this is a, this is a total genuine situation. Like I had a brand deal that was focused around Valentine's Day and Corey and I were actually going through like a rough patch, but I had pre-made the content and it was pre-approved and I had to post it like during this time that we are going through a hard time. And I was like, I am so sorry. And I don't want to be in seem ingenuine, but like I have to post this like lovey-dovey brand deal. <laughs> like, 
And so it definitely is hard trying to navigate like real life and that type of actually business because a lot of people honestly don't get it. Yeah, that is so interesting. And especially when you said like how much I want to share online. It's like all the advice I'm hearing nowadays is like be vulnerable, be personal. Like people want to feel like they know you. And it's like, where is my real life versus like... No, it's so true. And then it's like when you... I guess for me, I... I don't want to come off across as like Instagram as like only the highlight reels because obviously like there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes. But as a person coming from more like social media as my whole life, I had to choose that in the moments when I'm super down and super low, I, I'm not picking up my phone. So it's not that I'm being like ingenuine to my audience. It's just like I genuinely had to set boundaries for myself. Like when I'm super sad and when I'm crying, like I don't want to pick up my phone and make a story about it because that's so ingenuine to me like for me personally and so like some creators can do that because like that is the relationship they have with social media but like for me and my relationship with social media like when I'm going through a really hard time I like literally have to like separate myself so I I sometimes have to pose like I'm promised this is just a highlight reel like you guys don't know everything that's going on (laughs) but I like Mm -hmm. can't post about everything that's going on just because I I like especially with my relationship being public like I have to have some sort of me me space I guess yeah and especially with like your social media your business is you it's just nothing that we've ever seen before social media where like even if you had a small business like Allison like Allison owns New Wave it's not Allison's face and image that is the store you know but nowadays it's like for me if I'm trying to pursue more social media it's like I'm putting 100% of everything into just my image it's just so weird and yeah, you could lose so much so quickly and it's a lot. So go you for figuring that out and finally <laughs> hopefully balance it. I'm trying to. I mean, the biggest thing I actually am learning through everyone I work with is how important diversifying is. Like when you do get the big platform, utilize it to expand. That's kind of why I wanted to launch my own clothing boutique is so that I don't have all my eggs only in social media, like if something were to happen. And that's like, honestly, my biggest tip to people who like you guys with your podcast, I think that's a great kind of branch off of social media. Because even if things were to go south with your social media, and I hope that never happens, but you guys (laughs) could still have your podcast that is soaring, you know, so I I love that as far as the aspect of that diversifying. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about your online business? Oh my gosh. It's online, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's online. And then I do pop-ups here and there, but yeah, I can dive into that. So I launched this brand in April of 2021. So it's been almost a year and it has been a total roller coaster. Like I literally tell everybody there are no guidelines for this. Like in high school, they don't prepare you for this. (laughs) Like they set you up so good for just working a nine to five job in the corporate world. But like just with launching your own brand, there's no guidelines. And so that's why it took me so long to do it. But it's been a total like learning journey. And I love being surrounded by the group I am now because everyone has their own merch lines. And so it was really relevant for me to launch this for myself. But it's been cool. It's not easy to build a community of people. (laughs) And that's my ultimate goal because you really have to be able to tell a story and build trust with people online. And so I went a little deeper into my brand. I do kind of exclusive drops of 
more boutique style clothing. So it's not just like sweatpants and t-shirts and whatever. And I do them every couple months. And then with each drop, though, I try to do something in person because online, though everything I do is online, it's so hard to tell that there's actually people behind it. <laughs> like I remember I hosted my first pop-up shop for my clothing brand. And I was blown out of the water. I was like, before when I had been getting all these orders online, I was like, oh, this is so exciting. Like I'm shipping this out to Dubai and Australia. But then when I had my first pop up and like genuine real people were coming and I got to actually meet my customer, I was like, this is so cool. Like it's actually real. So that that like my first pop up was kind of like my first realization that this is like actually real. I'm like actually doing something. Oh my God, I literally have goosebumps because I relate to that on so many levels. Because online, it's like, you know, they're people and you know, they care about you, but then they see you in person and they're like hyping you up and complimenting and having fun and they're finding outfits. It's so different. Yes, it's so good. And it just builds a deeper connection. And now like those people that I met there, we still connect online and it just kind of gives it purpose to what I'm doing. Like I could never do fully online because I'm such a connector. But to all the people who do online, you guys freaking rock. But (laughs) Yeah. Tying that all in between social media and fashion and needing to step away from social media sometimes, do you find that it's been easier to post on your boutique's Instagram versus your own because maybe it's not as much pressure? Oh, 100%. And with my boutique, it's totally collaborative. Like I get to take photos of other people and make other people feel good. And when I show them the photos, everyone's so excited and they want to post it on their own social media. But when I ask other people to take photos for me, for my personal, I feel so annoying. And so I just never end up taking photos because I'm like, I hate annoying people. So that's kind of, I don't know. But the other thing I want to touch on with um, running my own business, I just have to give every other person props who does run their own business and work and who works individually, because it is so hard to find motivation, especially when we're in this boom of working from home and being like in a very comfortable place working to have to get out of bed and actually get dressed and like find motivation to get up and do these things is so hard. So I'm like, and I'm learning that myself because I always thought I was like a total go getter. And I used to like wake up super early and get ready. And like, and now that I'm in a completely new season of life where I have more flexibility, I'm like, I really am having to dig into this discipline. So I would, I am giving props to everyone who deserves it. (laughs) If you can think of them and this isn't too much on the spot, what are some of the hardest hurdles that you also had to overcome with opening up your own business? Honestly, I would just say the first thing that comes to mind is financially. I'm doing all my own investing in the company and it's so hard comparing yourself to other brands because everyone's just posting that they're getting sales. And the reality is like a lot of people who are posting that they're sold out actually aren't sold out. Like that's kind of like, Mm -hmm. that's the funny thing about social media. You just always want to make it look so good. So other people are posting that they're like getting all these sales and that they're sold out and like it's going so well and their business is booming when honestly behind the scenes you might not have gotten a sale in three weeks or like it's super dead and so I would say I definitely launched the business expecting to probably make more especially in the beginning and I guess the reality kind of came in that this is going to be a long journey like I can't expect quick turnarounds I can't be in it for the quick game like you have to be in it for the long run and that's kind of like life in general I feel like if you're in it for like quick money 
it's probably not the best situation. So I'm definitely learning a lot through doing this. Yeah, I think that definitely applies to a lot of different projects people start. Like we yeah. just had an episode celebrating a year of our podcast. And that was literally one of the points we brought up too. It's like, if you think your podcast is going to blow up overnight, like it has happened before, but it's most likely not going to happen. So you got to be in for the long run. Like you got to be in to see something out because I yes. think a lot of us like to start stuff for fun. And it's really cool starting something fresh and brand new, but it's like, no, you got to see see it through. You know, That is so true. And that actually made me think, have you guys ever thought or talked about how one post or one pod could like change your guys' lives and how like I don't think we talked about that no but it's so funny because whenever I go through these ruts of like oh my gosh I don't want to post and second guessing everything and then I don't post for a month or something usually the posts that I totally hate or I'm overthinking so much actually is the one that does the literal best and then after I post it I'm like why did I wait so long to do that or something And so have you guys ever had podcasts that you're like, oh, I can't post this or I don't want to or like, have you had moments where you're like, I want to quit or something and then it ends up being the best or like, you're so glad you did post it or... I mean, definitely our first episode, we were, you know kind of teetering on is the audio bad? Like, should we redo it? But then I think it's one of our most listened to episodes. I mean, maybe that's just because it's the first one. But I don't know. I think that especially applies, at least I'm thinking in my own social media for sure. I can definitely relate with that because there have been TikToks where I'm like, this is stupid. I'm not going to post this. And then Connor, my boyfriend's like, just post it. You can delete it if it sucks. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's that's good advice. And then of course it like always blows up. The ones that I hate. Yes. Yes. But you're right. You never know what could be the post that changes your life or gets you closer to your goals. Yes, exactly. And it's like, you're never going to like the first one that you put out. Like even looking back on my first collection I launched with my boutique, it took me literally four months to launch because I was like, I don't know if I like it. Like, I don't know if I want to. But if I wouldn't have launched because I just was in that total mindset of like, oh, this isn't good enough. Like the best advice I was ever given was start before you're ready. Because at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, you're probably never going to feel fully ready. So it's just an excuse. Like just post it, just do it. And you'll figure it out on on the journey. That's, That's kind of what I'm learning. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. So all of that being said, thank you so much for sharing your whole journey. To loop back to LA and Nebraska, for anyone that's thinking of moving to LA or a new city, what are some things that made you so glad that you did that? I would just say literally where I am, I would not, if I wouldn't have take that risk and listen to myself and really followed my gut, I would probably still be sitting on my parents' couch, like working for somebody else. And Sometimes it takes like that listening to your gut feeling and just taking a leap of faith and literally walking into the dark, not knowing where your next bill is going to come from to have like the best and coolest things come out of it. So I honestly encourage any person who is kind of on that wall teetering, you know, should I do this or should I not just do it. And if you've been thinking about it for so long, like I was dreaming of coming out here since I was a child, like I regardless or not, if I was actually supposed to, I had to do it because it was something that I needed to just know if I was meant for it or not. So that's kind of, I don't know. I think like everyone needs a big change like that, especially a move or being thrown into a new community or taking a new job. It really develops you as a person. And I just think I don't regret anything I've done. I think it really, it only added to my character. Amazing. Well, with that, 
I think we can go into our final question. So Hannah, we have a signature question that we ask every single guest on our podcast. But to you, what makes a good friend? (gasps) That's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh my gosh. What makes a good friend? I would just say where the relationship is balanced and equal. Somebody who cares about you as much as you care about them and who will go the extra mile. And in times when you're super low, they'll be able to pick up your slack and you'll be able to do the same thing for them. I love friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Love friendship on Already Friends. This is perfect. No, I love that answer. I think that was great. Yeah, I think I just love people. I think it's so cool what you guys are doing. Honestly, the concept of already friends, I think more people need to have that mindset, especially like in the world we're in right now. And with the pandemic, everyone's so scared to even make eye contact because they don't know if they should talk to each other. And I'm like, can we just smile at each other and say hi at the star at Starbucks? Like it's not a big deal. So I just think what you guys are doing is so freaking cool. And everybody needs more friends. And everyone needs to have that mindset that we are already friends. Because I always say it, my boyfriend has a dog and it makes me so happy. But every time we take her on a walk, anytime there's a dog, every dog wants to say hi to each other. Like they don't care what kind of dog they are, how big or small, what color, they just want to say hi. And I'm like, why can't we as humans be more simple like that? (laughs) That is so cute. I've never thought about that. (laughs) I am like at a loss for words. That is such a cool analogy. I've never heard that before. Really? That makes me so happy. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, right. Let's all be a golden retriever. That's what I would say. Tap into that inner Frenchie in you and just sniff each other's butts. (laughs) That would definitely break the ice. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Hannah, so much for coming on. If people want to keep up with you, where can they find you? On Instagram, DM me at Hannah Roloff. And same with TikTok. I'm more fun on TikTok. If you guys want to laugh, go follow me on TikTok. (laughs) And my boutique is called Illy Society. That's I-L-L-I-E Society. Thank you, guys. This is so awesome. Oh, my gosh. Thank Thank you. you. Well, we'll keep in touch. And if Karen and I make it out to LA, we'll all have to hang out. Or if you're back in Nebraska. Oh, my gosh. Yes, please. Love you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was another episode of Already Friends. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Love you. (laughs) You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.